On today's Question of Faith, who is Sister Thea Bowman? Hi, everybody. This is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And Sister Jane Nesmith, the Office of Black Catholic Ministries. Nice. Welcome back, Sister Jane. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to have you. Black History Month going on, and so we thought no better time to talk about... uh, well, just one amazing woman, Sister Thea Bowman. And, and Sister, you had some personal experiences with her, no? Yes, she was a personal friend of mine. In fact, we had a lot in common. We were both converts. Mm, right. We were baptized about the same age in our lives. She was from a Methodist family. I was. And uh, we were, I, I think, was somewhere between eight and nine, and she was nine. And we both decided as teenagers that we wanted to enter a religious order, and so she was 15, I was 17, mm. so I didn't realize that, that we had that much in common until I really just started reviewing her life. But she was like a big sister to me. She was a founding member of the, of the National Black Sisters Conference in 68, mm-hmm. and I was there. She was also at the um, Institute of Black Catholic Studies. She really opened the um, master's program there, and so I had an opportunity to take a course with her and then to spend some in-between times with her. She was just a a person of joy. She enjoyed life, and she enjoyed sharing life with others Mm. and not only inviting the black community to enjoy life and to appreciate who they are, but she invited others to appreciate not only who we are as African-Americans, but who they themselves Mm. are, and to appreciate one another. So she was doing what God does, try to uh, bring people together, bring them to a deep sense of appreciation for who they are and to whom they belong. Mm. So she was just a, a flickering light that went her way. She taught us so many things. Um, fun things, yeah. uh, as, as even among the sisters and priests that gathered for the clergy, uh, caucuses. Um, she was just a light among us. And uh, there was nothing we couldn't do. She gave us all a sense of, let's move forward. This is our church. You know, no matter how we're treated or mistreated, this is who we are. God has called us here, so let's make it and do what we can do to to share, to give. She was always about moving forward. It was never about going backwards. Um, she gave everybody a deep sense of the reality of suffering in our lives. That is, and, and to see it as a gift and not as a cross, but that we can use this suffering to bring light somewhere else. And that was the energy that she shared. That's how she lived her life. And when she came to... Uh, be a suffering servant. She realized she had cancer. It was, you know, so what do you do? How do you slow down? No, how do I keep living? Mm. How do I keep living and moving forward? Do I need a wheelchair? Okay, let's go. And let's go in the wheelchair. It wasn't, it was never a, let me sit down now and uh, relax. It was always, I got to get this done. So Mm. there was like a, for her, what I felt with her was like an urgency of life. Like, I I have this to do, and I have to move forward, and I have to include everybody, and I want to go out and see as many people as I can, 
she loved going to the schools and seeing the children mm. and getting the children to um, to move and to realize to, to well if you get children to move they they feel a part of what's happening mm. and she would always start with her singing and then getting them together lining them up marching around the rooms she was just a bundle of energy yeah. And I, I admired her. Yeah, isn't that her famous quote when she found out she had cancer? She said, well, I hope that I'll live until I die. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. She said, I, don't, I want to live yeah. until I die. Yeah. That was her, her statement. So it was like people were saying, oh, well, how do you feel about this cancer? You know, well, it is what it is. You know, mm. and even after she had a bald head, you know, it yeah. was like, you know, it will take its toll. But in the meantime, I have things to do and places to go. <laughs> I've got people to see. Mm. And and it was just a beautiful tribute to those who are suffering, you know, that um, it's not over till God says so. Yeah. You know. Sister Jane, where, where were you when you met her? You talked about an institute. And where was that? I, and where I was she teaching? I actually met her with the National Black Sisters Conference before that. Okay. And uh, that was in Pittsburgh when okay. the sisters gathered there. But um, I guess I had more interaction with her because uh, we had several hundreds of sisters that gathered that year in 68. And years after that was at the Institute of Black Catholic Studies, which uh, started back in the 80s, I think. And um, she was one of its founding professors. Is that That's in New Orleans? That's in New Orleans. Okay. It's a, a part of Xavier University. Okay. And um, it's an extension of Xavier University, actually. Okay. And it was started by the um, Black Catholic Clergy Conference. They talked about having a place where these studies, uh, theological studies, could be uh, had and experienced where people could be trained to work uh, among the people of color. Awesome. So she was... She was just uh, there. She was too. Wherever she went, she sang, and I mm-hmm. may have gotten some of that from her, mm-hmm. because by the time I met her at Xavier, because there was a disconnect between the sisters' conference and then Xavier University, but um, by the time I got there, I had already started doing some recordings. But I was doing original music, and it was important for her what she taught me was to appreciate the spirituals mm-hmm. and not to leave the awareness that the spirituals were a part of our history that should be able to energize us for our movement forward because it was part of our history. The songs were messages among the people in terms of freedom and and brought life uh, and, and, and hope to the community. So um, at any old time, you could hear her and and because she was a single, she was a, an only child. You know, she called herself a child of old people. She just <laughs> said she, you know, you could hear her sing like. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And she would go on with her with her. Her spirituals and mm-hmm. and uh, the songs that I heard in my heart were were songs that lifted me and pulled me out of my own um, self pity at times when mm-hmm. things got to be rough and I could hear a song that was sort of lighten my spirit and pull me out of where I am 
to help move me forward. So they were my own spirituals, I think. Sister, I don't know if you noticed, but when you started singing, both Father Damien and I started smiling at the same time. I was watching Sister Thea's... um, presentation of the United States Congress of Catholic Bishops in 1989, which is a famous thing. We'll put it in the show notes. Please watch it. And and she starts singing, and you see this whole room of bishops all with these big, huge smiles on their face. She just had that infectious kind of way about her that just made everybody just smile. But who comes and stands before a room full of bishops (laughs) and starts singing such? You know, but that was... All of us are God's children. Yeah. Now, you can, I can remember seeing some of that, uh, you know, take, you can take the person's hands next to you, you know, you can hold hands, it's all right, you know. So she just had that infectious, she did have that, yeah. you know, wherever she went. There is something incredibly disarming about singing, too. And I've heard you speak a couple times, and you include singing and song often in, in your preaching. And what do you think it is about music that, hits a different part of the heart. Well, I don't know where we heard that singing was praying twice. Mm, St. Oh. Augustine, yeah. Yes, yeah, St. Augustine. So I think that's that's what it's all about. It, it It's at the core because when I started writing music, it was not, it was at a time when I was questioning even my continuing um, as a religious. Hmm. And I started questioning and in that, I began to hear music, you know, it's, it's God, you know, because you don't hear music when you're feeling like you're, you've had your last of it all and you want to get out or get away. Whenever I want to run away, I hear a song that Mm -hmm. brings me back. So um, it's a very important part of my own spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's, I call it my rattle that God gives me to say, hello, come on, we can, we can move one more step forward. Mm. So, I mean, that's between us. I've never shared that. But anyway, mm. um, it is what it is, and I'm yeah. very happy to, um, to do whatever I can to promote uh, my sister, uh, Thea Bowman. I am um, praying that uh, she's canonized soon, but I know that God does a lot with not soon. Mm. And she would be saying that, too. Oh, not mm. soon, because it gives people more time to talk about what she did, to think about it, to pray about it. And I'm seeing all these different books come out about her life and what she did and, and some reflections. She's probably said, I never even thought about it. Mm. But but it all comes together because God used her in a powerful way. Indeed. And she did not hold back. Mm. Yeah. What I loved her saying in the bishop's uh, speech this morning that I was listening to, she said she sort of chastised the bishops very, you know, in a very tender way. And, and she said, don't let people separate us. You know, so we, we got to walk together. She said, you know, don't let people separate us. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, that probably those, yeah. a lot of those guys probably came in here thinking separations already exist, mm-hmm. right? And that, they, and that this is just the way it is. And yeah. she was like, no, no, no. We're together. We're one church. Don't yeah. let people separate us. And I was like, you yeah. go, girl. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was yeah. just great. Yeah. What, was, what was the most important thing she taught you? She taught me to keep on keeping on mm-hmm. um, despite the experiences that life brings. Yeah. Yeah. Life in the convent, life in the church, life. 
Mm. So uh, she had this, uh, this spirit that said, hey, it's not over till God says so. So just keep on keeping on. And I think that gives me energy. I know I've been at it for a long time, but uh, I think I get, I know I get my energy from within. I know that it's God's presence. And as she said, you know, uh, that will be what moves us. She said, uh, black spiritual, black spirituality demands not only that you believe and that you hope and that you love, but it also demands that you witness Mm. and you testify. Mm. And that's what we are going to do when we have a Lenten renewal at Holy Spirit Church Mm. um, on March the 14th and 15th. We are going to, it's entitled, This Is My Story. Ah. And it's, and somebody asked me, oh, you're going to tell your story? I said, no, I'm going to tell stories <laughs> about God's goodness to us. Because what I've heard is a witness, and what I've experienced yeah. is a witness. But I'm also going to give opportunities for others to come aboard and say, hey, this is what God did for me. It reminds us that there is activity with us. You know, we see God. There's not a disconnect between God in heaven and our experiences here on earth and, and, and our everyday experiences. Um, one time I did this at a church, and a woman said that uh, she had had her gallbladder removed. And she, uh, afterwards, she said, you know, and I never experienced any pain at all. The doctor said, well, in another couple of days, you'll feel the pain. And she says, well, I don't. I never experienced any pain at all, and she must. Then she walked away and said, "I must have a high level of tolerance for pain." Hmm. But she says, "But after hearing this, a miracle happened. Huh. The doctors told me I was supposed to be hurting, and I wasn't. But I, I just didn't get it." So here she was at this event, saying, "I've got to thank God for that miracle." She says, you know, I say my rosary every day, and I ask the Blessed Mother to help me, to be with me, to protect me and all this, and I don't even recognize it when she does it. Hmm. So anyway, this is what we're going to be doing. Nice. So I hope people can come out, and uh, it starts at 630, 630 to 830. We, we have a mass on the second day. And so uh, just to be able to listen to some stories and be able mm. to tell their own. And so that's at Holy Spirit Parish. That's in Garfield Heights. Garfield Heights, yes. We were just there the other night. The, uh, my deacon classmates were installed as acolytes. And so we, uh, the, we asked them if they would host uh, the Mass for us. And boy, did they ever. <laughs> I mean, it was just high hospitality. We walked in. Everybody was, was just right there greeting us mm-hmm. and, and really Really, just excited to have us in there in in the house all day long. You know, they're like, "Oh, this is just so great," and they um, just the singing and the dancing, and you know, oh. it was just yeah. They had some liturgical had dancers doing uh, wade in the water, and oh, nice. um, yeah, it was really really lovely. Uh, we all came away, and it, it was kind of funny. You know, mass was a little longer. Uh-huh. You know, it was probably about ninety minutes instead mm-hmm. of sixty minutes, mm-hmm. uh, which is what a lot of people were used to. And everybody said the same thing. They said that was the shortest ninety minutes I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. They oh, said we, wow. we were just all filled with, the, with literally filled with the Holy Spirit. They yes. said this. That church was aptly named. Yeah. 
Well, uh, we're going to be having liturgical dance at our uh, gatherings, too. Ah. And we're going to have a combined uh, diocesan choir, gospel choir, ah, yeah, yeah. that are going to, you know, um, bless us with song. So it'll be, and there will be refreshments. So we're probably going to probably top what you experienced. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. When we get together. All right. I'll be there. <laughs> uh, Holy Spirit played host for the very first round of Nine Nights a Night yeah, Prayer right. back in August of 2021 and it's a very hospitable parish and the spirit is moving there it is aptly named it's if you're familiar with the diocese and you've not been to holy spirit it was formerly saint timothy's parish and then when there were some uh what it, collaborations uh it became consolidations it became holy spirit parish and the capuchin uh friars have been pastoring it for the last 15 years father oh. dave nessler mm-hmm. is a pastor there mm-hmm. good man yes former provincial actually of their order oh is he mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Yes, he is. It was great. So it was yeah. really, really great. So, um, you know, I'm. Uh, uh, Thea said, I think the difference between me and some people is that I'm content to do my little bit. Sometimes people think they have to do big things in order to make change. But if each one would light a candle, we'd have a tremendous light. So she challenges all of us in whatever we're doing to just light our little candle, and that would be enough. Amen. That's great. Mm. And so, hey, you're getting two podcasts this week, and just realizing that. And so uh, the first Sunday of Lent is coming up still. We talked a little bit uh, about the gospel at times. Sister, is there anything in the readings this week that stood out to you? Man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, that is the, um, I know I, I read that when I was. The gospel. Uh, that's yep. the gospel verse. But I think it speaks uh, wonders to us. Sometimes those little verses that we kind of miss out, we hear the gospel message and we hear the first reading and sometimes we deal with the intercessions, but we don't always look at that verse before the gospel. Mm. And sometimes it just gives us that little tidbit to remind us as we get ready to go into this Lenten season that um, and we'll be doing some fasting and some feasting, fasting from the things that we perhaps keeps us at a distance from God and feasting on the things that bring us closer to God. And as we move forward, I think being reminded that we don't live on bread alone and that there's a deeper part of us that needs to be fed and that spirit of God is what uh, needs to be nurtured to give us the energy to move forward in the life that God has prepared for us. Mm. Amen. Amen. Not much more to add there. Sister, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Always great. And uh, give us the date and the time of the event again at Holy Spirit. Uh, the event at Holy Spirit is March 14th and 15th. Uh, 6.30 to 8. Great. We we put 8 so that we let everybody know we're not going to go much over. We're going to finish probably under that time, but we want people to know so they can plan to be sure to put their children to bed on and whatever else they want to do when yeah. they need get, to Get leave a sitter, there. yeah. Yeah, or get <laughs> a sitter. Kinds of things. Whatever. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. And so let's pray for Sister Thea's uh, canonization cause. Yes, and um, we'll continue to do that. And um 
thanks for all that you do here in the diocese and uh thank you sister thea for inspiring sister jane and uh continuing to i'm sure that she continues to pray for you and your vocation and your oh, work i do ask her to pray for me can we say a little prayer yeah go for be it great gracious god imbue us with the grace and perseverance that you gave your servant sister thea for in turbulent times of racial injustice she sought equity peace and reconciliation in times of intolerance and ignorance she brought wisdom awareness unity and charity in times of pain sickness and suffering she sought, taught us how to live fully until called home to the land of promise if it be your will o god glorify our beloved sister thea by granting the favor that we ask on behalf of this diocese, that we grow in brotherhood and sisterhood. We request this through her intercession, so that all may know of her goodness and holiness and may imitate her love for you and your church. We ask this through your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. Sister Thea Bowman, pray for us. We'll have this and a whole lot more next time in Question of Faith.